Hi friends, my name is Tracy and I'm so glad you joined us for this episode of the Abundant Living Podcast. This is your podcast where you can discover how to better serve Christ, create great friendships with like-minded ladies, and live a more abundant Christian life. Before we dive in, remember you can find podcasts like this and so much more on our website at christianladiesfellowship.com. While learning more about this unique ministry, you can also read articles, find resources like books and music, sign up to get helpful devotions delivered right to your inbox, and click the link to join the conversation in our Facebook group. Welcome to episode number 19 of the Abundant Living Podcast. This is your host, Tracy Burns. I'm so glad that you chose to join me here today. I know that there's a lot of other options out there for podcasts and things to listen to and your life is busy and that you took the time today to listen to this podcast. I don't take your company here for granted and I appreciate each and every one of you that listen every week. I also appreciate each of you that reach out to me throughout the week to say how the podcast was a help to you. Our viewership is growing and that's exciting to me. I also hope that you will tell someone about this podcast. I recently read a study that was done throughout the year 2021 about podcasts and all the statistics surrounding podcasting. And it said that most people find podcasts through the internet, but a very close second was people find podcasts because they were recommended to them by friends and family. When I saw that, I knew that we were in good shape because so many of you have told other people about this podcast. I link it every week in our Instagram and also on our Facebook page. So if you forget how to get to it, you can always go to one of those and find your way there. I usually drop the Apple podcast link in the Spotify podcast link. So if either of those don't work for you, it's also available on a whole bunch of other hosting platforms like Anchor and Google Podcasts and on and on and on. I hope that this week's podcast content is a blessing to you. I know that it's something that has helped a lot of people in the past and I curated it especially for you for this podcast, but it's the same principles that I know will be a help. This week, as I was waiting in line at the grocery store, I noticed the family that was standing in front of me. There was a man, woman, and a child. The man stood at the far end of the cart, moving the items from the cart onto the conveyor belt. The child, who was around two years old, sat in the front of the cart in the little seat there, and the woman stood facing him. The little boy was looking curiously at all the things on the shelves and racks around him at the check stand. He was perfectly placed out of arm's reach, but his open curiosity had him enthralled. The woman kept pushing a tablet in front of him. I couldn't tell what kind it was a Kindle or an iPad. It was one of those ones that have the kid-proof case that covers all the corners and has a little handle in the side. He gently pushed it back towards her over and over, his big eyes never leaving all of those colorful things around him. His eyes spotted the cashier and she smiled at him. He rewarded her with a toothy grin and waved his arms excitedly. The mom was still pushing the tablet towards him and coaxing him by tapping the screen animatedly. Look, here's your game. You want to watch your show? His eyes continued to take in all the stuff going on around him. Mom continued her efforts to get his eyes fixed to that screen. Finally, when the tablet started playing some kind of kid song, the spell slowly broke and the little boy's eyes went down towards the screen. You could see the transformation on his face from curiosity at what was going on around him to slowly getting pulled back into whatever was playing on the tablet screen. Before the family had finished checking out, 
The boy's eyes were about six inches from that screen and fully fixed, not moving or noticing anything else around him. My first thought was how sad that he just wanted to engage in the world around him and all mom wanted to do was put the virtual babysitter in his face. I was the mom that was so very cautious of letting my young children have screens all the time. I never just handed them my phone. I had seen too many kids who'd been raised on screens as the easy way out, who grew up to have social struggles, had a hard time keeping themselves busy, or they just created a bad habit of isolating themselves at a young age. It was important to me that my kids engage in the world around them and learn good behavior and me not just try to distract them for my own sake. I even made them play outside almost daily. This plan must have worked okay because now as high schoolers, they're both socially balanced, know how to keep themselves busy, and they enjoy the adventures of life. They don't struggle to speak to adults, younger children, or even people that they meet for the first time. I worried for that boy, hoping he wasn't being set up for being addicted to screens for the rest of his life. As the dad loaded the bags of groceries into the cart and the family moved towards the exit, I considered that little boy with the tablet in his hands in another light. The following perspective I had is what I want to share with you today. If you haven't noticed, life can become pretty crazy. The to-do list in our lives never seems to get completed before more is added to it. We think once this season of life we are in is over that we'll have more time. Then the next season comes with its own busyness, new things to learn and conquer, and more to-do lists. Life is a never-ending cycle of being busy. You know those people who often claim how busy they are? Maybe that's you. Well, guess what? We're all busy. <laughs> I recently overheard a conversation about retirement in which the speaker said that often those who are about to retire think they'll have this never ending well of time to do all that they want to do. He laughed and he said, they're about to find out that that is the biggest lie about retirement ever. In our busyness, we're so easily distracted by all that's going on around us and we forget to focus on what is the most important thing right in front of us. Well, I do not condone shoving screens in your kids' faces. Please stay with me here as I make this comparison. <laughs> Often I fear that God is like that mom. This is where we can spend time together. Open this book. There's things inside I wanna show you and teach you. But we continue to stay busy with all the things, not looking at his book that helps us to recharge, learn, focus, and a place where we can be encouraged each and every day. We are that little boy wishing we were close enough to all those colorful things around us to grab one for ourselves, smiling at the cashier for the attention we crave and ignoring what's right in front of us. Like that mom, God's pushing his word into our hands, hoping we'll just look down at what he wants us to see. Without spending time in the word, we will just continue to wander like those boys' big curious eyes looking at all the things we think we need in life that we most definitely do not. I wanna share with you a practical devotion that I've used for myself and I've taught in college classes and in Lady Sunday School. Everyone that I know that's taken this to heart has been helped by the tips here. I call this how to get the Bible in your life or how to get the most out of your Bible. Now, if you already have a method that works for you, that's great. And if you don't need to change it, even better. However, I hope that you'll write down some of these ideas or come back to this podcast when you need these helps or when you know someone who's really struggling with all of the distractions of life 
to maintain a constant diet of the Bible. This is even good for those of us who are going through the motions with our daily devotions, but we know that we really need more Bible. First, I wanna be clear that prayer and Bible reading should go hand in hand. If you have a prayer life without Bible reading, there's gonna be gaps. If you have your Bible reading down without prayer, then there's gonna be gaps. It's necessary to strike a balance. Sometimes you'll struggle with one or the other, but just like healthy eating, it is good as soon as we notice where we're lacking to get back on track. This outline is specifically for getting the Bible in your life. Number one, take it literally. James 5.16 says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If we are to take the Bible literally, then we know that from this verse, when we pray fervently and on purpose, our prayers can do amazing things. What a wonderful promise. Matthew 18, 20 says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Again, taking the Bible literally, we know that when we gather with others to pray and open the Bible to learn from his word, he is there alongside of us, teaching us and helping us to understand what he wants us to learn. This verse is the greatest promo of saying that if you don't have a local church, you need one. If you are having a hard time finding the right kind of church in your area, please email me. I would love to help you find one. Getting together with God's people to learn from the Bible is a necessary part of growth. Turn off that online service and get into the church house and be around God's people. You will not regret it. So what we have learned through taking the Bible literally is that we can claim a verse and take it literally. We often overthink the Bible and think that we have to understand everything when we can just take one verse at a time, one bite at a time, and let it help us. Number two, apply it. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9 says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. We must apply scripture to our lives every day. The Bible has given us instructions on how to do this. And how can we apply scripture more? The Bible says when we're sitting, when thou sittest in thy house, we can put the Bibles on our phones, computers, iPads. You get the idea. There's no reason we cannot be without the Bible every hour of every day. When we sit and wait somewhere, instead of scrolling social media to see the same stuff over and over, what if we opened that Bible app and just read a few verses? What a difference that would make in so many aspects of our lives. Next, the Bible says when we're walking, when thou walkest by the way. When I was in Bible college, I had a friend who walked every morning for about 30 minutes around the campus. This had multiple benefits. She's able to get some needed exercise to avoid those freshman 15. She got some alone time in the quiet. And if you've ever lived in a college dorm, you understand how necessary this is. Best of all, on her walks, she took a stack of three by five cards. Each card represented certain categories, things, people, and needs that she was praying for. Some of these cards had Bible verses that she was memorizing. She would take a different stack every day and sift through the cards as she walked and was able to pray out loud or quote scripture out loud. This kept her mind occupied with good things during her walks. This encouraged me to do the same thing. 
But since I am not a morning person, those walks had to be at a different time of day when the caffeine had already taken effect. My friend was a great example of this part of Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. Next, the Bible says when we're lying down, when thou liest down. I learned in college that I needed to become an evening Bible reader. Now, I know there's some that would say it doesn't count if you don't start your day with a Bible. But if that's the last thing I do at night, guess what I'm thinking about when I wake up in the morning? Plus, nighttime reading is great for reducing stress, improving brain function, and boosting creativity. Not only does it help me spiritually, but it has physical benefits. Now, you're lying down. Could be you laying on the couch in the morning with your cup of coffee. But for me, laying down at that time of day before caffeine can take effect could be very dangerous. Last, this passage says, when rising up, when thou risest up. Now, I know I just said I like to read the Bible at other times other than first thing in the morning. But often, if the Bible is the last thing I read, then I'm thinking on those things when I wake up. However, God and I have a lot of conversations in the morning, even more than just the Lord help me to have energy because I'm still tired conversations. There's no reason a Christian shouldn't talk to God every morning and meditate on his promises from his word. Our goal is that our relationship with our Heavenly Father should become so personal to us that we want to talk to him to start our day. Another way to start the day with God's word is to learn scripture songs to sing in the morning. Also, it's so good to pick a verse to learn each day or week that we can recite and work on while we're getting ready in the morning. Number three, personalize it. I want to read some of Psalms 139 for you. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compasseth my path and my laying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Now that's just the first five verses of the 24 in that chapter. You could do this with almost any chapter, but I want you to see how you can personalize it for you and see how God's promises are just for you. Let me read the first verse. O Lord, thou hast searched Tracy and known Tracy. Thou knowest Tracy's downsitting and Tracy's uprising. Thou understandest Tracy's thought afar off. Guess what? That's God's promise just for me. It can be yours too, but you have to make the Bible personal to you. Consider it a message sent from God just to you. We often make a mistake of thinking it's just a book we read because we have to or because we're supposed to read it when we're just missing out on understanding that it is a personal book written just for you. Number four, emphasize the superlatives. These are the words like all, never, always. Psalms 23.6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalms 55.22 says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Ephesians 5.20 says, Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Emphasize these words as you're reading so that they mean something to you. I had a college professor named Dr. Laurent who taught Bible classes. He was very old and frail, and so he would sit in the chair at the front of the class when he taught. He had poor eyesight, so he could only really see those students in the first couple of rows. But since I sat in the front, I always noticed that he wore bright red socks every day with his suits. 
I don't know if that was his favorite color or what, but it kind of gave him some uniqueness. I took a class on the books of Acts and Romans from him as he was reading through the salvation doctrine in the book of Romans. And he would reach these words, which are there over and over again in those passages of scripture. He would say them like this, God forbid. And then he would kick his legs out dramatically so we could see his bright red socks. We worried that he would kick so hard that he'd fall right out of his chair. No one could sleep in that class because you would be scared awake by those words at any moment. And you sure didn't want to fall out of your chair in front of all your friends. This may or may not have happened to a few people in that class. Emphasize these words and let the Bible come alive to you. Number five, put it up around you. Constantly put the Bible up around you so you can be around it. Some ideas would be to put it on the home screen of your phone. You could put cards with verses on them in your car or on your bathroom mirror. When I was a newlywed, we would go over to my in-law's house and I noticed that my mother-in-law always had three by fives with verses written on them at eye level above her sink. Well, eye level for her at five foot tall. <laughs> the verses changed from week to week, but she had verses there while she was cooking or doing dishes. She was conscious to always have the Bible up around her, memorizing it and meditating on it. Number six, make it a diary. Write a verse down every day and journal what it means to you. My kids do this as part of their Bible curriculum at school. Even through the summer, I've noticed them still working on this every night. It's a great way to push yourself to search the scriptures for something to think on and apply to your life. Then writing it down helps to solidify it. And it gives you a way to go back and look at how the scriptures have helped you in the past. Also in that same journal, you might find it helpful to write down your prayer request, then find a verse to claim to coincide with each request. It's a great way to get the Bible into your life. Number seven, cross-reference verse to verse. This requires some extra steps, but it's a great way to do a topical study and to really absorb the word of God into your heart. Get one of those card boxes. You know, the kind that our moms used to keep all of their recipes in before Pinterest came along for all of us pin hoarders. Choose a verse and then look for other verses that say similar truths by using a concordance. Write at least one verse on each card. On the other side of the card, write down how this verse can help you with whatever subject you're studying and link to another card. Also, you can use these same cards to memorize scripture. Another way to cross-reference is to write notes or the references in your Bible next to a verse when it reminds you of another verse. Then when you're reading or studying later, you'll have the verse to look up and it'll help you get a clearer picture of what you're reading and learning. Number eight, choose a life verse and memorize it. Your life verse may change as your life changes. Mine has been Galatians 6, 9 through 10. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. I know, it's hard to choose just one. Often, I will add other verses to think on and to motivate me to serve God. Like 1 Peter 2.21, For even hereunto were ye called, that Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. I didn't know this until after her death, but I found my mom's life verse written on all kinds of stuff, even on the front page of her Bible where your name would normally go. It was Ephesians 6:19, And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. This was perfect for mom. She was so passionate about winning souls and being a faithful soul winner. When it came to what is the most important thing we can do as a Christian, she totally got it. 
Number nine, do a word study. Again, this is another way to utilize that card box system. You could also use one of those big thick keychain rings that click open and shut. Punch a hole in the corner of your cards and put each word group on a ring. Words like trust, faith, confidence, suffering, trials would work great for something like this. Another idea would be to get an assorted pack of color highlighters for cross-referencing. Highlight verses that have to do with one of your word studies with the same color for easy referencing. Also, when choosing a word to study, I would suggest to pick one that is a struggle for you personally. Search for the words you need to grow in Christ. Choose a subject you feel ignorant about or perhaps feel like you lack biblical understanding. Okay, last one, and we made it to the end. Number 10, read for daily needs. We will all have those days where we will crave the word of God to make it through the day. I know in the months after losing my mom, the Bible felt like an oasis in the desert of my life as I dealt with grief. I searched for comfort. And so I read a lot of Psalms during those days. If you aren't really sure what needs you should read for, here's an idea that I got in Bible college and it will help you to get started. Read one chapter of these three books of the Bible each day. First, for love, read one chapter of Psalms because once you understand the love of God, you can love anybody. This will help in your relationships and in serving others for Christ. Next, for wisdom, read one chapter of Proverbs. This is great for our day-to-day character. It's especially helpful for children, for those raising children, and for those working with young people in the ministry. Last, for power, Read one chapter of Acts. The book of Acts will light a fire in you for seeing people saved and for serving God. It's rife with testimonies of how Holy Spirit power is a necessity for impacting your area of service for Christ. A spirit-filled life is vital to the Christian. For everything you go through in life, you're going to need the Bible. When reading the Bible, strive to consume as much as you can, whenever you can. You can never get enough of God's word. Just like when you're really hot and thirsty and someone hands you a big glass of cold water. When you're in a spiritual drought, you must guzzle the Bible. Likewise, you must be drinking even before you feel thirsty for optimal health. You don't want to come to the point where you realize that you're spiritually dehydrated. But even if you do, there is an easy fix for this. I've given you 10 easy ways to become spiritually hydrated. Often during sports seasons, my kids will come home from practice with headaches or feeling worn out. Most of the time, this is from not drinking enough water earlier in the day so that they were already well hydrated for practice. Now they know, just guzzle, guzzle, guzzle. Just like it's hard to overdrink water, it's impossible to overconsume the word of God. For maintenance, we should be constantly checking our spiritual temperatures. When we find ourselves not wanting to do this or purposely avoiding checking our spiritual temperatures, This is a clear sign of a problem. We know we need to immerse ourselves in God's word more than ever. Our spiritual health is so important to stay on top of because there may be someone who will need the strength we have gleaned from God's word while they themselves learn to lean on God and his word. Let's determine to get a constant diet of God's word so he never has to wave it in our face to get our attention, just like that mom and her tablet with the little boy. Let's keep our attention on the Bible and do so with intention. I hope these tips helped you today. If you have other ideas for getting the Bible into our lives, I would love to hear them. You can reach out to me via email at tburns at emmanueljacks.org or on our Instagram at Christian Ladies Fellowship. 
you can find my email address in the show notes. I'm so grateful that God gave us a preserved, inspired book that is alive and which is available every day to nourish us for his glory. If you enjoyed this episode of the Abundant Living Podcast, be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcasting app so that you are notified when a new episode is posted. Please rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. For more helpful content, be sure to check out our website, ChristianLadiesFellowship.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you're leaving with some great things that will help you to live more for the Lord, make amazing Christian friends, and serve the Savior every day. Let's go show the world just how abundant the Christian life can be. Until next time.